Yes, from the Bible. Right. And you know why? He is a handsome man. <laughs> well, guys, um, you are enough. It was an idea that it was about a few years ago. Uh, I was taking, well, before I was taking those classes, we had a meeting in Loma Linda with all those pastors, activities, just pastors. And uh, it came one of the guys, big chief, and he said, well, we're looking for chaplains, Seventh-day Adventists. And so he just threw it out over there, just right there. Two years passed, and one day I was preparing a sermon, studying my Bible, and he came up to me, what is a chaplain? So I give him a call and say, hey. said, do you really have an openings right now? I said, well, I have one right now. Would you like to apply for it? I said, sure. I said, but before you apply, I want you to meet with you. Because after that, the job will be yours. So I went there and applied. Well, actually, I, I got the, uh, to the place. And I remember my, my coat was up to here. And so many things. But you know, chaplains really look the outside. Seriously, they really, they really do. And so I went there and I was very disappointed because I didn't get the job. And one thing that he said, your coat is too long. Your hair was too long. And he started telling me so many things. And I said, well, that's, that's not fair. You know, that is not fair. You didn't look the inside, right? So it went on and on with so many difficulties. But you know, one day I was called to go up north. In Reno, Nevada, I was living there as a missionary talking about missionaries. And at that point, I was preaching in this little place, really nice, uh, in Truckee. I don't know if you guys been in there, uh, close to Tahoe. There is a church 15 minutes away from there. Very nice church. And so from there, God calls me over and says, hey, you need to study to be a chaplain. So we need to get some CPE, which is clinical pastoral education. So I, I drove from Truckee to Reno, from Reno to Orange County, and from Orange County I went to a place because I said, which university I need to take CPE? He goes, there's not a university. It is on the hospital. Hmm. So I went to Loma Linda, and Loma Linda said, sorry, we're not having any openings right now. We don't have any classes. So guess where I went to take my classes? San Joseph Hospital. San Joseph Hospital. And I didn't have no money. No money at all. Everything was spending. We, as a missionaries, we don't make as much money. It's just God is the one who guides us over. So I went there. I talked to them. 
I filled up all the application, all the stuff that it needs to be done. Good thing it was, everything was just lining up. And in my first class, I recall there was this lady, and uh, she had two masters, she had two doctor's degree, and uh, she was there just to see what else she can be. Anyways, she told us her story because his chaplaincy mostly is about who you are, who you are. And what does this has to do with the message? You'll see, you'll find out. This lady was very damaged inside. Her life was miserable, even though she was so intelligent. And I recall that after that we have those meetings for about, we meet from 8 o'clock in the morning till about 2 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, just talking, just to hear into one another. And after that, the following day, we talk more and about another three hours. Her parents were so happy because they were going to have a baby. And the father was just jumping around and up and down because she was, or he was going to have a baby or his wife was going to have a baby. And nine months passed. And here they go to the hospital. And in the hospital, he brought all those huge cigarettes from Cuba because that's what they usually do. But when he here, the baby is here. He was sitting down peacefully waiting for the doctor to come out and let him know what it was. And as soon as he find out that it was a girl, he dropped the whole box of cigarettes and took off. Just like that. Just like that. Guys, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, chapter 4, God is calling Moses, and he has an interview with him. And who was Moses? We all know his story. Moses was a little boy who was loved by the family, but suddenly he needs to put into the river because someone was behind trying to kill those little babies. Life goes on, and he goes to the highest, I will say, universities back then. But he make a mistake when he's older, and he kills someone. And there he goes. He goes to the desert. And he spends some time over there. 
How many years? 40 years. In the wilderness. Ask me if I'm still doing my accounting. Are you doing your accounting? No. I have still the knowledge of how to do it. But I haven't practicing for so many years. I took computer repairs. Where is Ben? Somewhere over there. But I haven't practiced that anymore. I have the idea how to do that. But I've been coaching, and that is good. I'm still practicing that. I'm still running. I still can coach anybody. Moses was forgotten how to what? How to talk. So when he meets with the Lord, what he says, I'm sorry, Lord. I am not enough to deliver your people. I'm not enough. Not enough. But the Lord has something for him. And he said, don't worry about it. I will have your brother to be with you. And you will deliver my people. You guys know the story, right? And then he goes. He accepts what his God is telling him to be what? The delivering. So sometimes we feel, I don't know if you have feel the same way, that you're not enough. And I was telling Ben, sometimes we hear that word in the other way. When we speak to our child, and sometimes we're up to here as an adults, and we don't have the time to talk to them or to pay attention, or what is important for them is not important to me. And we tell them, enough, don't do this anymore. And I don't know how many of you guys have done it. I did it. And I regret it. Because I thought that sometimes the word was on the opposite. But I learned through the story of this lady that the Lord was telling her that she was enough. And I will finish the story later on. But listen, guys. God is calling. He's calling you when you are in the womb of your mom. When you just barely listen to the voice, he is calling you and letting you know that you are enough to go in this life. And I remember once, to wrap it up this story, I recall a little, a little boy, and he was very stubborn. I was a director of teens, and once he was so energetic, let's put it that way. He was very energetic, all right? I was, who I was? I was the, the teens director. And my helper, he had enough 
of this little boy. And he grabbed him over and he spanked him right in front of us. Right in front of us, you guys. Mercy. Mercy. This guy grew. The years passed. He's puff. And he came. Do you mind if I use you, Dan? He came over and with the brother that he spanked him, he went like that. He looked at him, very intense, and I was passing by, and I, and I just touched his shoulder, and I rubbed him. Guys, we never know, we never know. God can make from that little boy, that little lady, something that you and I, that we don't know. We're still in this life, and until we depart, we don't know what God has for us. So Moses took that willing and went to deliver his people. So guys, every single story, it needs to have a meaning in our lives. It needs to live in our lives. And it needs to develop what God wants from us. Keep that in mind. Always, always, always. The second story that I want to take you guys over is the story that is in John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. That is the very important script that is there. And I would like a child to read it for me, please. Let's see, who is the child who knows how to read? Some of, some of those guys know how to read? Guys? Okay. Can you read in uh, John chapter 8? And I'd like you to read the verses 10 and 11. 10 and 11, please. And just for doing that, I'm going to give you a gift today. How's that? There you are. You're welcome. 10 and 11. Hmm. No one heard her. No one heard. She said, "For neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin." Those are powerful words. Those are powerful words. I've been pastoring for a few years, and I've been in those meetings many times, and many times I have seen how much damage do we do to our congregation? And sometimes, if it's little or if it is big, if it's little or if it is big, or if it is big and if it's little, and sometimes, who are we to judge? 
Who are we to judge? God says, who has condemned you? Before we do that to a child, to a youth, guys, do you guys remember when you were teens? Do you remember when you guys were children? So when we are adults, we need to comprehend what the stage in life it is. That's why Paul said, when I was a child, I act like an adult. When I'm an adult, I act like a teen. Why not? Why not? You know, I'm a youth pastor, as you look at me like that. I can have these guys right here, whoever is you, who feel youth between 20 and 30s or 40s. And I take you right now outside to run a 5K, a 10K, or a half marathon. And let's see how we go. See? And let's do it. And so what I tell the youth, comprehend the adults. Try to comprehend the adults. You know why, you guys? Because the adults, they've been youth. And sometimes they forget. And then the adults, they need to comprehend what? The youth or the kids. Because as God's people, we are what? We're children. And he said more. If you're not like a children, you will not what? Entering in the kingdom of the Lord. So, what this guy did in this story, the guy who brought the woman, he was the guy who started the woman to sin. Right? Do you guys remember the story? But now he's bringing that over because he wants to say, hey, get out of here. I don't want you here. You stole me. You know, I'm clean. I'm one of the big chiefs over here. Guys, sometimes we forget that we're humans. Sometimes we forget that we're sinners. Sometimes we forget that we are not perfect. And who is perfect? Remember that youth, he came over, he ran, and he stood like this. Lord, please forgive me. I want to be with you in your kingdom. And what he said why are you calling me? Why are you calling me? Why, why are you kneeling? Do you know there is only one? Only one perfect? So, master. And then what he said to the youth, go and sell and give it to the poor and come and what? And follow me. So right here with this story with this lady, her life was not easy. Her life was damaged. Bless you. She was not feeling enough for the Lord. He was, she was not feeling enough for the family. She was not feeling enough for the church. And mostly, she was not feeling enough for the eternal life. 
And sometimes we are feeling the same way. And guys, kids, the only thing that we need to do is accept the Lord. When we accept the Lord, he will do some changes in our lives. Some changes, some changes. Remember that guy that was telling you that he got spanked by one of our directors? Well, I'm sorry, sub-director, because I was that director. He's an engineer right now. And he's there. He's in church. He's there in the, under the umbrella of God. So don't take for granted anybody. In fact, if there is someone who needs help, if there is a, woman, a little girl, you never know what she's going to become. Hillary Clinton, someone I was talking this morning, if she would be our president, if we can back up and see how her childhood was. Okay. Who gives a penny for our president? But God said that he put our leaders right there. Nebuchadnezzar, imagine how tough he was. So guys, what I'm trying to say with this story is that in every single one's story in my life, you don't know what's my background. I don't know what is your background. But God is so amazed that he does the changing. You know, when I read this story and I see someone that is there I said, Lord, please help me out. You know, one day I was in, in Reno, Nevada. I was looking at the river. You know, there is a river that it passed all the way into the city. And I was right there just watching and uh, praying for some stuff that I was going through and some stuff for, from, the, from our churches and stuff for the youth and for the members. And one lady... I was driving uh, a Jaguar, and I left it wide open with a key inside. And I stood like from here to where the uh, other building is at. You know, we're in America, nothing to fear. And I saw the lady coming over, white lady, very skinny, beautiful, blue eyes. And so I looked at her. And she was around and around. And she was like, almost tried to open the door and went inside and went around. Like that for about 20 minutes. 20 minutes at least. And finally I said, she may probably wants to drive a car. So I walk over and, and I say, good morning. How are you doing today? She goes, oh, I'm doing well. Okay. She was continually looking. I said, you like the car? I said, yeah. And I go, that key's inside, huh? Yeah. So, well, do you want to drive it? Yeah. Well, get inside and drive. She goes, but I don't know who that belongs to. And I said, don't worry about it. Everything belongs to God. She looked like this. Well, actually, she looked down because she was taller than me. And I go, don't worry, you have his permission. I said, really? Yeah. 
So I opened the door for her. She went inside. She started the car. I closed the door. And I said, go ahead, take a ride. She turned the radio on. She put some of the blues, some of that kind of music, all the music. And suddenly, tears came on. And I go, Laura. And I go, are you okay? She goes, yeah. And I spent three hours or more with her by the river. But to make the long story short, she was one of the daughters from one of the judge in Pasadena. She had everything, everything. Anything you can think about, she had it. But she took a wrong curve in the way. And in high school, she went and took some stuff, marijuana and stuff like that. So her life was miserable after that. And then it was 20, 25 years after that. And this is something that I told her. God loves you just the way you are. Just the way you are. Just the way you are. And guys, God loves us just the way we are. Because he gave you his life that if it would be just for one of us, he would be right come over here for you or I. I don't know what happened after that. I don't. But I'm sure on the second coming, and when we are over there eating with the Lord, we never know. He said, we're going to be so surprised. And I will probably will see that lady right there. You know? I will see the lady. And I will say, hey, you know, this is Benjamin. This is Don. This is Joel. Blah, blah, blah. You know? Because God said to us, you are enough. We are enough in the Lord. We are enough for him because he wants to make a change in your life and in my life. And guys, we're going to finish in five minutes. And I want you, someone, to read this story. Luke 8, 26. But verse 31 right there. So let's read verse 31. So Luke 8, verse 31. But the story starts from that 20 to the 31. But I'd like you guys to read the, 30, the 31. Don, would you like to have a present? Would you like to read it for me? I see that you have it already. Here you are. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, uh, Luke 8, and chapter 8, and verse 31. The story starts from the 20, but it's the 31 that I'd like you to. So you want me to read Just the 31. Only 31. Only 31. Thank you. Do you guys remember that story? And I just leave it right there so you guys can go back and read the story right there. Jesus Christ was in a place. 
in the place that he was, there was a torment that was going on over there on the sea. But on the following day, he went to this city of Nazareth. I mean, where those two guys were demoniac, right? Remember the story. And they came up to him. And he asked, what's your name? And they answered, I'm a legend. Why a legend? Because we're many. We're way too many. And guys, sometimes we don't know what's going in so and so life or in my life. And I make different things on it. And I don't know. Let me tell you one story. I'm working with mental health in uh, White Memorial. And over there, you see a lot of schizophrenic patients, bipolars, and so and so. You name it, you have it. I was over there. Uh, I do a group's therapeutic music. And I was over there doing this therapeutic music with one of my groups. And at that moment, let's pretend there was that room right there, and right here is a hallway. At that moment, I heard, hi, 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 hi. And I go, oh, my. So I came out, and I said, hold on, guys. Wait right there. So I went like this. There was a lady who was beating up one of our co-workers. Really hard, right? Ba, 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 ba. And at that moment, I go like, eh. And I look at these guys over here, you know. I said, Lord, this is what I said in my mind. I said, Lord, help me out. Help me out because I don't know what I'm going to be doing over here. Look, at, I'm over here preaching the word, the love, the kindness. But then I'm going to be here beating someone else, defending myself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I go there, these two chiefs that I have, the police guys, usually they're about this big. They were not with me. So I was by myself right there, but the door was open. Anyways, so when I go over there, I look at him, and so we have some chiefs, and they, they're, uh, the vestment, they're, they're dressed in this kind of um, dark blue, kind of almost going to black, and I call them the black angels sometimes. But then later on, they help me over there, and they play some music, and they sing, and stuff like that. They call, I, then I call them the white angels. So here they are in the morning. Sometimes, you know, we play music and stuff like that. We tell them what kind of love Jesus has. But in, then in the afternoon, they have their, um, their uniforms, and here they say, hey, behave yourselves. So sometimes they don't quite understand what's going on. So here I am. And they asked me to talk to the lady. And I said, Lord, don't let me go by myself. You be with me. Because if I go by myself, I'm going to get beat up. But if I go with you, you will beat up whatever it is in there. Right? Amen. So with this story, I can feel all those people, are, they were afraid of these guys. Because they were not them. There were legends in them. 
So they didn't know what they were doing. Guys, we belong to the king of kings, the doctor of doctors, the lawyer of lawyers. We belong to our creator, We're to our redeemer. And guys, he's going to protect us. So I went to the lady, and she was sitting there, and I was sitting right here. One, one step this way, one foot that way, and I was just like this. And she said, are you nervous? And they go, no. Well, you should be nervous. And she stood up. And they go, look, I'm not nervous at all. Well, why not? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? Are you a man of God? Don't you come over here and preach me? And she went on and on and on. And I was just praying. And I said, Lord, please tell her to have a seat. So finally she sat. We talk. We talk. And after we talk, she said, can you pray for me? And I said, what is it that you want me to pray for? So the devil can leave me alone. And guys, when you hear those stories, you know, I say, God, thank you so much for the ministry that you have given me. So I pray. We hold hands. We're not supposed to hold hands. We're not supposed to hug. But she gave me her hands. I couldn't say, I'm sorry, I cannot give you my hands. In the name of the Lord, I give her my hands. Guys, that story of this lady, not the one from uh, mental health, but the one that I started with, she was so beat up. And so she learned that she doesn't have to please her father in earth, but she needed to please her father in heaven. And for the father in heaven, she was enough. And at the moment, she realized it after taking four units of clinical pastoral education. And now she became a chaplain. She is a pastora and her husband a pastor, but she became a chaplain to fulfill the needs of others. So you never know what you've been calling to do in this life. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for these stories. Thank you, Lord, because you put it, those in our lives. And Lord, Please help us to hear your word and that you tell us that we are enough, yes, as we are, for your kingdom. And Lord, continue blessing this lovely church and each of the child, youth, and adults. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.